Hey there, good morning and happy spring or fall, depending on the hemisphere you're in. This is Coworking with Iris, where we talk about coworking and community. This is episode 17, and I will be speaking today with Jamie Russo. And Jamie and I have been friends for uh, several years now, and um, I have had the pleasure of working with her uh, through Lexi, uh, the League of Extraordinary Coworking Spaces. and. Um, also just hanging out with her and doing a lot of talking about co-working. I'm really excited about this conversation today because Jamie has been working with the Global Workspace Association and um, I think that the breath of fresh air that she brings to the association is really going to help drive their goals of unifying the shared workspace world home. So uh, today we'll be talking about the upcoming, upcoming conference happening next week in Las Vegas and what co-working people can expect uh, out of that conference. So uh, good morning, Jamie, and thank you for joining us. Good morning, thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here and um, honored to be a guest. Wonderful, well please tell us about yourself. What's your co-working story? Sure, yeah, I'll try to keep this short. Um, <laughs> I know it hasn't been that long, but we have I have known you almost since the beginning. Yeah. So I launched a co-working space in Chicago um, about four and a half years ago under the brand Enter Space Coworking. And I came to co-working through a real passion I had for bringing well-being into the workplace. I was at a startup that was trying to do well-being programming in big companies. And my takeaway through the businesses we were visiting was, wow, there's a major culture problem in offices. And this was back in 20, you know, 2010, 2011, when I was kind of having this, this idea. And so well-being is so much more mainstream now, but back then it just wasn't. And so I just, you know, trying to keep a long, longer story short, did just became really interested in, you know, how do you create a culture of well-being in a workplace? and found the concept of co-working and I said, well, I could make my own workplace and figure this out and create a space so for people who have the choice um, around where they work, I could give them a place that really, you know, tries to create that from scratch. So, um, you know, for me, that was a lot of experimenting and, you know, we had a yoga studio and a full kitchen and eventually we had a chef and just, I mean, the whole concept of co-working, I think, is very well-being focused in general. Mm -hmm. um, you don't need to, to preach that to this audience. But, um, and then my path, so I moved for family reasons to the West Coast and was fortunate enough to open a location in Palo Alto. And that's kind of where my um, relationship with the um, more traditional operators happened. So I met Scott Chambers, who is the COO of Pacific Workplaces at Juicy in 2012, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and Juicy's the co-working, the, uh, the other shared space conference and it was in Austin and they were looking to partner with an operator who was already um, running a co-working space to do something in Palo Alto. So in about six months, we made that happen. So we have a, an inner space in um, Palo Alto and then I ended up selling and the Chicago. Oh, go ahead. And just, just to yeah, just interject, that, that was um, really one of the first hybrid models where you partnered with yeah. the business centers. Yep to build a co-working space within the Pacific Business Centers, right? Or, or at least- So they're upstairs, you've been in the space mm -hmm. when you were at Next Space. Yeah, so they're located upstairs and then Enter Space is downstairs. And it's interesting, we don't have 
it's a totally, it's a pretty different environment. Um, although some of that, I don't want to get too far into our conversation. You know, some of that is not more traditional operators not wanting to evolve, but it's, it's TI dollars, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like the Pacific group is very progressive forward thinking. I, I do a podcast and I've interviewed Keith, um, Warner, who's part of their team and they want, you know, they move towards the more community focused space and, you know, updated design and more open space and that kind of thing in their newer spaces. But it's really hard to reactivate spaces that, you know, you're on a long-term lease for and you don't have any TI dollars. I mean, it's just a reality of the business we're in. But anyway, yeah, so they're upstairs, we're downstairs um, and they wanted it, you know, they wanted to learn, you know, about co-working, but it is a mix of private offices and, and open space. Um, and then just to continue my quick story, I eventually this past May, Coco out of Minneapolis bought the Chicago location because I was here and it was sort of getting harder to kind of manage across the country and they really wanted to be in Chicago and we have a very similar culture. So that has worked really well. And this past December, I took on the role as executive director of the Global Workspace Association. And I'm not necessarily done with doing spaces, but I think for me personally, I just, I sort of get nerdy about industries, especially when they're evolving so much. And I just... It, it just was a good time and a good role for me to sort of put that passion to work and, and help others. So here we are. Wow. <laughs> That's, um, I like that. So uh, you, you did recently take the mantle, mantle of the executive director. And um, previous to that, you were the president of Lexi as well. Right, yes. And um, <clears throat> what can you tell us about the history of the GWA and, and also how it serves the shared workspace industry. So our conference, as you mentioned, is next week. And it's it's a little bit funny. So the Global Workspace Association has changed its name a few times over the years. <laughs> and when you dig over the reins and you've got the legal documents, you're like, wow, this is... <laughs> and they've tried, you know, yeah, so they've, they've tried to sort of stay relevant to what to how the industry is shifting. But this is our 30th annual conference mm. next year, <laughs> which makes us sound really old because uh -oh. people think of co-working as being so new. Yeah. Um, although even co-working is really 10 years old already, yeah. which is crazy. It is. Um, hard <laughs> to believe. But so, right. So the first shared, I mean, so the GWA in general is older than that, but our, our conference has been going on for 30 years. And you know, part of bringing me on was really right an effort to sort of make sure we stay current and serve the, you know, the current marketplace. And I think um, there are certainly the, the, so it's the Global Workspace Association, and we, we'd love a sexier name, by the way, if anybody has ideas. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't come up with it yet. Uh, it's better than the OBCAI. Totally right. Yes, there have been some, some less hip historical names. Um, but, you know, I think, so the, historically, the membership is made up of a bit more traditional, um, like business center executive suites type members. But that has shifted a lot over the last few years. And I think that's just a reflection of the marketplace shifting. So... It used to be we went through a very you know a short period of of sort of an us versus them time where I think the traditional folks sort of thought of themselves or in vice versa sort of there's the co-working and then there's a traditional workspace and you know now it's the us versus them is really I think the us is a shared space operator and the them is 
our members. Mm-hmm. And the role of the association, and I think all of the members within the association, no matter what type of space they operate, want to be current and relevant and serve the market as it evolves. And mm-hmm. there is so much change going on right now that that's really, we are here to serve the members who are trying to keep up because it is a little bit challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, like the example I mentioned with TI dollars, you build a space and it could be outdated, you know, somewhat quickly just because design is changing so much. And the, I love this term. I hope it doesn't, it's not overused yet, but the consumerization of workspace mm-hmm. is that consumers are learning about what they can expect from a workspace. And as they learn, their bar gets set higher, right? So when they walk into a space, they expect, you know, a level of amenities, a level of design, along with the level of community engagement and mm-hmm. events and um, some hospitality from the staff. So it's like how I think our role is helping everyone figure out where they fit across those spectrums mm-hmm. and how do they design a space that fits their passion and their calling, um, but also serves a marketplace so that the two can kind of come together and you know be profitable and be sustainable. So I think that's really the focus of our role versus what type of space do you have? It's it's helping people give them the resources they need to stay relevant and decide what is the right fit. Where do they play in the marketplace? Right. Yeah, really good point. And I really like that perspective that you're bringing. Um, so, you know, uh, back in, I, I want to say it was 2010, um, I met actually Carolina Rendiero, uh, who was then the president of the OBCAI, which became the GWA, um, as well as Laurent at the same time um, in Chicago when Turnstone put together one of the first co-working summits right. and uh, brought a bunch of us out there to talk. Um, and there was a lot of discussion during that summit about, uh, as it were called at the time, that kind of the, the hippie versus the man, like co-working versus office business centers. Um, and we, of course, walked away from that three-day weekend feeling like there was so much more common ground than there was not or differences. Um, but I think it's still taken quite a bit of time for the co-working world to really see ourselves as in the same industry. Um, a lot of times because we, we tend to be, I, I, in my opinion, we sort of tend to be the people who shirk the, um, the sort of typical path of life and do mm-hmm. things, go it our own way with yeah. the mavericks. And yep. so... To, to be the maverick means um, that we, you know, we, we sort of have to shun the traditional, as it were. Um, at the same time, uh, I have really found that um, there are many people who can really understand the benefits of having um, sound business practices and um, you know, the ability to upsell different types of services to keep their bottom line going and, and sort of basically keep their co-working space open while they also focus really deeply on building community and on providing um, uh, very strong and high value to their members through um, the lifestyle that the co-working space offers. So I'm curious, um, given that there was a divide or there has been a divide in the past, how do you specifically work to reach out to the people in the co-working world to show that um, you know, that you, that you are a bridge builder and that you are really the, um, 
an, a, a group of people and an association that, that can uh, offer benefits to everybody. Yeah, yeah so, so I mean, I mean, the first thing I'll say is that, that it's certainly an ongoing, oh, oh, I'm echoing a little bit to myself. Can you hear an echo? Oh, no, I can't hear the echo. <laughs> okay, so that is an ongoing journey, I think. So I started in December and there's always that sort of transition curve when you start a new role of figuring out what the heck you're doing and, how to get done. and then being able to sort of step out of that feeling like you're drinking from the fire hose and, you know, be more strategic and, and thoughtful. And I'm, I feel like I'm just getting to that point after the conference because I started and now we're conference building. But I, I mean, a lot of thoughts come to my head with that question. The conference is certainly an example I love, so there are a lot of things that we need to be able to do as an association virtually because you just can reach more people that way. I'm mm -hmm. super excited about the conference because it's, it's like whenever you get people together, it's, it's, you can move, make change happen faster mm -hmm. uh, and make connections happen. And I'm, this conference I'm excited about because I think there is a really good mix of attendees. So lots of you know, people who've been to conferences for a number of years, which means they're more traditional operators. Now, lots of co-working people who classify themselves as co-working space operators, brokers who all of a sudden have practices devoted to Swearingen, Colliers, Perkins and Will, like mm -hmm. CRE, like they have practices devoted to helping shared space owners, you know, expand and do research. And it's amazing the resources that are out there. Yeah. And then corporate folks who are getting engaged and want to understand the landscape and understand, well, how did their people fit in and, and sort of what's going on in the space. So I think we have a really nice, diverse group this year. So the conference is one piece of that. It's interesting. Um, so I think underlying, we probably all recognize that we're running, if you look at P&Ls mm -hmm. and take everything else out of the picture, mm -hmm. like it's the same business, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're leasing space, we're reselling it, and we may sell some services. And, you know, we have, we have all the same expenses. And we just we have different cultures and titles and, and, and all those things. Even that, I think it's just really, you know, migrating. Um, and there are so many examples, even, you know, even ecosystem, which you work with in San Francisco, offices, open space, you know, just like structurally looks pretty similar. But yeah. once you get on the inside, it's your personality, it's Megan, it's the people who are associated with that. Wait, I'm blanking on the gentleman who owns Charlie. The, yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh Paul. Paul. Yes. I mean, Paul, right. If you meet Paul, like he's, I mean, he's, right. even for co-working, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, the pieces that you sort of bring into that can be different than a more traditional space. But the interesting thing, again, going back to sort of the marketplace, is that traditional spaces still have a, a, a market, right? Mm -hmm. There's still consumer demand. There's still attorneys who want really traditional spaces and, and don't want, you know, really funky art on the wall that's changing every month. And, you know, it's, so it's, that's why I think, and at the conference, you know, so A, we've got like a nice diverse group. And then B, I think a lot of the content is focused on sort of, like issues that everybody thinks about, right? Mm -hmm. Business issues, and then sort of making some of those bridges. So Iris, you're running a session on helping people who want to become more community focused, figure out how to make that journey. 
And I'm excited about that because there are a lot of folks who've seen, who email me and say, I, I want to understand the community manager role. You know, my manager just left and I want to move in that direction. What does that mean? What does a job description look like? What does that mean culturally? So there's a lot of interest in that from the more mm -hmm. traditional folks who have not come from, you know, that mindset that the co-working folks come from, which I think is really neat. And then you have people who like Laurent, who's the CEO of Pacific Workplaces, who's, who've been running, they have 15 locations and they've been doing this for years mm -hmm. and very successful. And they, I mean, they are running a business. Um, but it's, and I, I don't want to keep running on. I do want to give one more sort of example about the bridge that I think is sort of an ongoing process is we did a webinar last week that um, Kath, uh, Karen Condi ran and she's a, a consultant in the space and she's traditionally done a lot of work with the executive center. She started to do more co-working work, but the, um, the webinar was on phone myths, like sort of busting phone myths. Mm -hmm. And um, almost the full list was um, more traditional operators, mm -hmm. like of attendees. And it's interesting because I was trying to figure that one out because I know, like, I think the phones are such an example of like co-working people are like, that's just not for us. Like, yeah, phones. And I, don't, I wouldn't even go into like why I think that is or whatever. It's like, but it's a, one of those examples of, of like a little bit of an us and them. Like, well, they do phones, we do not do phones. Right. Right. And yet Karen give these examples of, and again, this may be a slightly different clientele, more attorneys, that kind of thing. But like, her average center that she'll help manage will be 15,000 square feet and they'll have a million dollars of revenue in a year. And $100,000 of that revenue will be phones. Wow, yeah. But we're just like, we don't do phones. We don't <laughs> talk about it. We don't care if it's $100,000. Like, it's such a funny thing. And I was sort of picking your brain about like, why did, why did like basically no co-working operator get on this webinar? Right. So it's an ongoing process of like some of those things like, in person, like if I'm at a Lexi meeting, I can sit and have a conversation with people about phones and mail service. Like that's another thing. They yeah. make tons yeah. of money on virtual <laughs> mail. Um, and so we can have those conversations in person. It's hard via email to find the right sort of, so it's an ongoing thing. Um, and we want to start doing more regional events so we get more in-person time with people so we can start having some of these conversations. But so some things I think are easier, like at a conference, you can start to really find content that plays across and then you get like a webinar, like the phones. Right. <laughs> right. And you know, I love that you brought up the example of phones because I was thinking, <clears throat> excuse me, I was thinking as we were speaking earlier that the, um, it, you know, it, it really is about a, what what is the right space for everybody. And you know, in across the co-working world, we've been saying that for a long time. But it it extends to the more traditional business center model because it really is about what is the right fit for this person. And um, I find the phone question really compelling because I'm pretty sure that most co-working spaces out there would have at least one member that would like to have a phone. Right. <laughs> Them. Oh, I mean, Karen has 60, when she sells phones, she gets 60% opt-in, like mm -hmm. she includes it in the sales process. And that's why I think I'm like, I want somebody to test this because I want to know what the opt-in could be if you tried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of our members um, at Next Space, when I was working at Next Space, one of our members at our founding space there um, was a, a VoIP telephone service. He provided oh. VoIP service. So we 
um, he said, you know, is this something that you think other members would be interested in? And we opened it up and lo and behold, he had members across m the majority of our nine locations who bought VoIP yeah. service through him. Now that was a beautiful co-working <laughs> magic story because it was coming from a member. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that there would be at least one person who, who would prefer a VoIP phone over a, a cell phone. Yeah. In that experience. And so. even the services related to it, like the phone answering and all the things that can sort of like, those are the other things they sell that we don't do, yeah. but everybody wants to be more professional or have, you know, faster customer service or, you know, all those things. So it's yeah. funny. So we'll make some progress on sort of bringing that. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, well, so what are you, so we've talked a little bit about the conference. Um, uh, the format is uh, very different from a Juicy format, but there's also some, a lot of similarities. So what are you most excited about next week besides the work being done by Friday? Right, totally. <laughs> I, no more. I had an exhibit, I just, somebody emailed me this morning and wants to exhibit. Oh. <laughs> I know, I was like, okay, I'll call you at 10.30. <laughs> okay, you set up. Um, but so, I mean, it is, I think it's a really exciting conference. I mean, speaking of exhibitors, I think half of them are new. Mm. So just, there's so many new providers in the space trying to solve problems, um, mm -hmm. which I think is really exciting. So what kind of problems are they solving? Well, so there's, um, so there's a couple of people, one attending, one exhibiting, like the community, um, community communication platform. So there's one called Group Blue that Pacific Workplaces is piloting, and we've been piloting it um, at Enterspace. We've seen it a little bit. We haven't launched it to our members yet. Um, Bisner is attending, and they have a platform as well that I know Kovo is using. I, they, I think they're getting some nice pickup in, in Europe. Um, and Group Blue is actually out of Poland as well, which is mm -hmm. funny, kind of two European companies. Mm -hmm. um, so Cover Wallet, which does um, business insurance. Have you heard? Of, yeah. Yeah. So like, but, so not super sexy, but we all require, I, I don't know, I'd say most operators require business insurance. We have no way to track it. We have no way to help our members get it. We just right. know it's in the agreement. Everyone signs it. They don't do it. So these guys have like this attractive platform and, you know, really helpful. So they're there. Uh, oh, um, so Yankee Candle Scent Systems, mm -hmm. they do custom fragrances. They do like Abercrombie and Fitch and they don't, I don't think they do the W, but you know when you go to the W and you just like you smell the W smell? So you can bet Enterspace is going to have a custom fragrance <laughs> about that. Um, so those are a, a few. I don't want to spend all our time talking about that, but um the right so the format of the conference we don't do any unconference but we are doing more breakout sessions this year which i think is great so less sort of sitting and listening to panels and more engaging and sort of digging into real business problems like your session's a great example i think people who really want to be more community oriented it's something that like they'll have takeaways they can go back with their team or um you know kind of work on that that plan and, and implementing that evan Oder from find workspace is just doing one on the digital marketing toolkit um, I find it very difficult to stay up on <laughs> all the things like Google related that you're supposed to be doing. Oh, so again, just like really practical, relevant stuff. Um, and then from a bigger picture perspective, again, the focus on, I think, it, you know, for everyone at this time is really like, how do I stay current and relevant because the industry is changing so quickly? Mm -hmm. And so 
we have some panelists like um, Nick Levine from Verizon, who's working with Benjamin from Grind on their partnership and understanding, okay, how are corporations thinking about these partnerships and putting people in co-working spaces? Um, Delos is coming. They are a passion of, of mine. Um, and hopefully everyone else will get value out of it. But they do well spaces and well meetings and well building certifications. And the whole well-being thing is just becoming really mainstream. And so how do we think about that in terms of our space from a practical perspective? Um, and then a couple of um, architect designers, BVN and Unispace. And then West Elm is coming. They're going to sit on the design panel, which they have a whole new... Um, workspace line, which I think is so interesting. Again, just as like a sign of the evolution of the industry, like a retailer has decided to make workspace furniture. So they're going to talk, come and talk about, you know, what they're seeing and just really help people see, like, you know, my hope is that the conversations are really practical and helping people say, okay, what are the things that I want to do to evolve my space? Not just like, oh, these things are happening in five years and I need to be aware of them, but like really understanding what the trends are and how to sort of move as the consumer's expectations are shifting. Yeah. So. And so um, for me, the value of the conference, as you mentioned, is sort of in the conversations with yeah. the, and the relationships that I, that I develop with people. Um, so... Uh, you know, do you anticipate there to be a fair amount of co-working people as well this year? We have a great mix. You are going to be there, which is great. <laughs> yes, and I won't go through kind of the list, but there it is a stronger mix than we've had historically. Uh -huh. um, and also, there are a lot of co-working spaces. This is where I think sort of that the us versus we starts to disappear, like um, Enterprise 280 in Denver they're in Lexi and consider themselves to be a co-working space. They're 60,000 square feet, right? Wow. So, you know, they're there. They were there last year. Um, we've a number of spaces from abroad that are coming. Same thing, like they're doing big spaces, but they're very sort of, they consider themselves culturally to be co-working. So I think those folks also f feel comfortable with the GWA culture, Mm -hmm. uh, the other piece about the culture of the conference, and I know you've been before, but it's very social. Yes. Um, exactly. So. Right. <laughs> so they do all the meals together, the entertainment's on site, like the whole deal is like you're sort of all in. It, Vegas, I think, will be a little challenging because people mm -hmm. will be tempted to be wandering off, but hopefully that's later in the evening. Um, we, one change we're making this year is we're not doing any programming during lunches. So historically the GWA has done like awards ceremonies and things like that. And I said, people need this time to make those connections yeah. and right. Like we have so much passion for the content that we want to bring together for people, but we need to create that space for all those conversations. Right. Um, so lunches, coffee breaks, and then the evening we have evening activities, the, um, Wednesday night we have a, cocktail reception outside on the patio and then Thursday night we have a 70s dance party down by the yeah. pool which I'm super <laughs> excited about so there will be yeah lots of time for those interactions which I think will also help sort of with the the mixing and mold melding wonderful well um I think my last question is um you I, I've had an invitation to a first-time attendee reception with the board um, so what what takes place during this mixer? So we, so yeah, so we try to recognize that for somebody who's new to the conference, there's certainly a contingent of folks who've known each other for a long time, and it can be a little bit overwhelming if you're new to the industry and new to the conference. Mm -hmm. So we invite new attendees to 
um, uh, well, we're serving champagne. We're also serving sparkling water for the non-drinkers, but uh, it's a toast to the folks that are new and making the investment to come and, and interact and they'll meet the board members, but also just meet each other. And then we have our host committee for the conference. We, we've tried to do our best to match um, new folks with buddies. So a buddy for the conference, you can introduce them to people and make introductions and, and try to help make those connections. And especially, like I said, like you've been before, you also know a number of people who are coming, but we'll have new attendees who are just totally new. So yeah. helping them kind of have someone to, to bring them along and help them get up to speed more quickly on the, the social aspect of the conference. Yeah, well, what I hear you saying is that um, you're onboarding the new community members. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, a, it's like an orientation for new members, totally, yeah. How co-working of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, well, so what's next for you, Jamie? Oh yeah, so once we get through the conference, I sort of have been thinking about my life as like pre-conference and post-conference. Hopefully the Bahamas or something like that. I know, right, yeah. No Bahamas plans. I mean, we have a lot of work to do. You know, you and I talked before the call. I mean, the association, we talk about a lot of things changing in the co-working industry. You know, associations in overall are trying to figure out their role. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's so much information and access to resources out there. What's our unique value proposition? How do we yeah. best serve our members? I mean, right now, unlike a co-working space, what do people want? Do they want happy hours? Do they want in-person right. events? Do they want like, right, members forums? Like we've done a lot of those things this year, but right, really figuring out what people want, how we can best serve them and help them run better businesses and stay better connected. So we have some programming plans um, for October, November, where we're gonna get out to a few different cities and do some events. Um, so we're focused on that. And then just kind of our overall model and figuring out, you know, 2016, 2017. Yeah, wonderful. Well, Jamie, it's a pleasure uh, talking with you today. Um, how can people get a hold of you uh, to learn more about the conference or where can they learn more about the conference? Yeah, or if you want to exhibit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so my email is jamie at globalworkspace.org. The conference website is conference.globalworkspace.org. Um, and then we're on all the social sites at GWASOS mostly which is sort of complicated, but go to, if you go to the website, you can find everything from there. And thanks for having me, Iris. This was a really fun conversation to have, and I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Yes, me as well, and uh, giving you a hug. <laughs> Sounds good, thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And for other episodes, you can go to coworkingwithiris.co, where you can also subscribe to our podcast. Um, Please keep doing the great work you do every day. Join me next week. I will be uh, coming at you live from the GWA conference. And so be talking with guests out there and you can learn more about the GWA conference directly from them. Thanks so much.